If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. We are live. Um, okay. There we go. Okay, so yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, good to be back. I want to thank everybody. Um, so you guys did an awesome job. Thank you so much for, you know, taking over while I've been taking care of my family stuff here. And um, you're feeling a little better. So thanks so much for your period of time. And um, with um, the guys World Series, any, any talk? Do we have any talk about the World Series or anything like that? We did talk about it the other day, uh, although the only thing I'll say from yesterday's game is when you have all of these home runs in, in extra innings, it's crazy. It was it was a good atmosphere. 1-1 uh, split, though, is, is good for the Astros because they um, I think they've got a little better starting pitching. So we'll see what happens when they go back to Houston now, but I think I think they're in the driver's seat still. See, I, I think that I think the Dodgers, the depth of their rotation is better than the Astros, and the Astros' bullpen – uh, basically did what I thought that they were going to do yesterday, which was blow leads. Uh, they had they had that game. They blew it. You know, Giles is hundred mile an hour fastball that's straight as a stream of a stream of milk. So, yeah. you know, the Dodgers came back. So I, 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 you know, I think Darvish is going in game three. I, I think the, I think the Dodgers have the advantage. We'll see. I don't know why they didn't go with Darvish in game two, though. That was interesting to me. So. Yeah, I'm surprised too. I don't know. Maybe they maybe maybe in the sort of band box of ball. Bandbox Ballpark. He, he he's pitched in in Houston before since he was a member of the Rangers. So maybe right. they, it was comf- more comfortable. Or his career numbers in there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get let's get started here. And because uh, we don't know how long we, before Mike is going to back to bat, we're going to go like you know, backstage at the Roger Waters concert tour. What I always like to say here is that's what looks like so right Another brick in the wall. Yeah, yeah. Another brick in the wall. Um, awesome. There you go. All right. Um, here we go. Hello, Hockey World. It's Thursday, October 26th, 2017. I'm David. Oh, excuse me. I'm Michael Lagello. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Eklund. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. It's the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time. Definitely went on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And right now, according to ESPN, the number one team in the NHL, power ranking-wise, this is why power rankings are what they are (laughs) worthless absolutely worthless (laughs) it's pretty crazy they are they're they're absolutely worthless power rankings who cares but but yeah i mean it's it's good to talk about i'm not saying that i'm just saying you know that and also i think it's a reflection on espn because if you're if you're clueless enough to think that the seven and one Vegas Golden Knights are the best team in the NHL by re- reflecting number one in the power rankings, you're nuts. I will say this though: we um, for this week's show on XM, we had Scott Luce on from the Vegas Golden Knights, yeah. and when you're talking about their prospect pool. Obviously, it's deep, right? And right. so that's really the focus. If you're a Vegas Golden Knights fan, are those guys? Yeah. shouldn't be as much at the NHL level. But, you know, early on, it's fun right now. 
Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun, and, and it's you know, and I mean, I have played a bunch of games at home, of course, and I, and I, I part of me does wonder, you know, here as we go along here. Um, I think to myself, you know, I never thought it was really possible that that maybe it is distracting for hockey players to go to Vegas and play. That is being talked about, and and I think there's probably going to be some rules in place with teams now that they probably are going to start talking about that and. And look, and they're getting some interesting fans. I mean, Bryce Harper's a, a local guy, and he's a great baseball player, and he showed up at a game the other day. So it, it's, you know, it's fun. You know, for a year, they've got Vegas to themselves, and then next year, they'll have to share the Raiders. But for now, they're a pretty big story. Yeah, and I think football is football's a once-a-week thing, and I think it'll be great. Yeah. It is an interesting story, and, and made all the more interesting now today by the word that um, the young Shapiro, you know, is um, he's not so young. Not so young, um, but he was hard. High- he's young compared to Eck. That's what it is. <laughs> hey, let's throw that out there. Um, all right, but we'll say you know that he is actually now been a la- his agent has been, and I talked about this a little bit a long time ago. I said there was more to this than just the sending down that they had attitude issues and stuff like that. That's obviously coming to light now. Um, but but then you know Montreal comes out yesterday, which is really fascinating. Montreal never comes out and says anything like this, and will come out and say that they're not interested in him, which was like mm-hmm. they were very interested in him earlier this year, and they were very interested in him before he signed with Vegas. So, um, well, this is what it, happens, Zach, when when something goes wrong yeah. for a new, a first time player, especially a Russian in an organization, and a guy gets branded a little bit, yeah. teams then get very nervous. Well, okay, Vegas paid a $2 million signing bonus to Shipachev. He's, his cap hits $4.5 million this year and next year. They, they played that little game earlier in the year where it was you know, sort of the, he, has a two, he had a, a contract that could go down to the minors, so they, 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 they didn't want to lose anybody on waivers. But when they finally do play him and he scores in his first game, he plays three games, and they've already branded him as soft, and he cannot play in the NHL. I mean, something doesn't smell right here. And But the thing is, that spreads throughout the league in terms of that reputation. And now and now there's a, now there's talk of him maybe going back to Scott, back to back to St. Petersburg, back they, to Russia. They are, their record right now is 25-0-2. Oh, I know, I know. But, <laughs> God, St. Petersburg. So I, think he's, I don't think they need him very much right now. No, I mean, they're not missing him. <laughs> You're right. I mean, the, the word is out, right? So that 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 is out there now that he could possibly go back there. Um, there are teams that are still talking about it, you know. And and I, you know, talk, called around to a lot of people yesterday and earlier today, you know, to try to find out. And one of the teams I thought might be interested was the Rangers. Was. I thought the Rangers would make some sense because the Rangers have tended to bring in. This is a player that they have brought in before. If I'm not with, like, I remember this guy. Like, I remember them making like was it the, was it Zherdov or. Somebody that they brought in that was like reminds me. Um, Yaredev was a big, you know, he was a big swing and a miss for them. He was good for a very short time. Right, but he was in a similar situation, right? Because they came out of yeah. um, came out of Columbus, where he was, he was a highly drafted player. And I don't think they would do it now because they've got they've got issues, and you can't really bring in an iffy player like this with issues. Now, this were a guy that had been proven in some way. In the NHL, they would definitely give him a second chance. Yeah. He's unproven. He's a 30-year-old. He could be Yuri Dupita. Like that's what we're looking at now. <laughs> right. And and this is and this is the thing that's this is the thing that's the factor is that it, it's two years. If he right. had a one-year contract, right. Vegas, Vegas could eat half of it. It's, it's four and a half million. It's not like it's two years of four and a half million is not an untradeable contract. You know, like 
No, but but when you're not sure if the guy's in NHL or not, or you're afraid that he's got attitude problems, it is. It's a it's, it's an not, albatross. Nine point eight million, right? Because the two million's already been paid, right? So you're looking at. But the cap hits four and a half. It doesn't matter that the two the signing bonus is paid. Obviously an issue, but you know if you're a team like lower team, like you can imagine. Well, Buffalo is another team I heard mentioned with them. Well, let's let's say this. I think that the, there's a possibility, and I, I, this is it's a crude way to refer to it is this, but this is the the reality. The, there's a possibility of a crap for crap deal. Of a you know a bad contract that one team like say Matt Molson is a guy that the Sabers and not, right. you know, Matt Molson has clearly passed it. He's got two more years at five million bucks. Right. You know maybe maybe he can do something in Vegas. We know Shipachov can't. A, a big a big hit for a big hit. That's a possibility. But them trading or getting a draft pick or a prospect for him. There's no way. There's no way they're giving up None. a prospect. Um, they would give up a player. A team would give up a player they've given up on. But again. The problem is there are very few teams that really want to bury this kind of contract if it doesn't work out, and that's why I don't think he's going to get traded. Now, his agent is uh, Sakura, right? So he's, um, you know, um, I think – Is it Peter Svoboda? Is it Svoboda or Sakura? Or Svoboda, right. I think it's Svoboda, right. Sorry, Peter Svoboda, right. Yeah. Always, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, he swears by it. He swears that this kid is not a bad kid. Like, there's a lot of people who are saying that something, you know, there really is a double head. It's not like, it doesn't feel like a Radulov situation so much as, as, as you know, definitely something going on. You know, what that is, no one's really saying more of this culture clash, it feels like. Well, all I know is that, you know, following, like, the, the timeline of Bob McKenzie yesterday was, was fascinating because, you know, all this stuff came out. And then he 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 said sent something out about if Shipachev they they sent him we're going to send him down to Chicago and if he didn't report that he would be suspended. Now remember he got sent down. It was a supposedly a paper train, but I guess they wanted him to report. They wanted him to report to Chicago. His wife was in Vegas and she was there by herself, so he didn't want to leave his wife. I guess you know. Right. So, I mean. This is, I mean, for all the things that have gone on good with Vegas, this has sort of been really ham-handedly handled. And I don't know how, a, way, a way out of it other than, you know, maybe they can get some KHL team to take them on and then they wash their hands of it. But right now that would be the best-case scenario for them. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the Islanders are another team, I heard. and I, I, I would highly doubt the Islanders take a risk like this. Yeah, it would be risky. I mean, the one thing I will say is I remember Rizhardov, okay? I, I remember the one thing that was interesting. When Zhardov was tra was traded to the Rangers, or when the Rangers picked him, I'm not sure if it was a trade or they just traded. I think they him. traded for him. Um, a lot was made of the Russian population of Brooklyn. Right. Like, I remember this was like a big thing. Like, oh, you know, a lot of Rus Russians, like, you know, and if you're a wife, you know, like, you know, the, the situation's going on. You want to get him around other Russian lives. Um, and there's a there's a huge Russian population in Brooklyn um, that you know that everybody thought that Jared would be comfortable like he would that 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 was the big that was the Rangers reasoning at the time I remember this they said they would get him in, right bring him in we we heard it worked out like you said but um, we heard the same we heard, we heard Brooklyn too we heard the same thing when the Islanders signed Grabowski and Kulibin. Right. That, that that Russian that Russian factor, and it really didn't. Actually, that was I think it, it proved to be an unmitigated disaster with the Islanders because you know Grubowski got a concussion and 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 uh, Kuhlman's basically been you know ten to fifteen goal scorer best. But just think about this. Just think about this for a minute. 
and I went back and looked because I knew Zverev had one decent season for the Rangers, and he only played the one year. He had 23 goals, 58 points. Then he goes to the K, then he goes back to the Flyers where he has 16 goals, only six assists, but 16 goals, and yet then that was it for him. And, and so that's pretty much the path that these guys go because teams know that they could play to some degree, but if there's all these other issues, they don't want to deal with it. Right. Right. The only other thing I've heard about, you know, the only thing I mentioned, it's not in my blog, but I heard this afterwards, was the team that was in Ottawa. Ottawa, Ottawa has had issues before. They, they're facing injury issues right now. But they don't have the money. They don't have the money probably to put together it. But, yeah, I mean, they'd have to, they would have to, they would have to make, move a contract. It would have to be something where they move something. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they would do it because Ottawa just sent like Logan Brown down and Shabbat, and these guys were actually playing fairly well. But they want them to develop, and so I, I don't think they could afford to get rid of anybody on their roster, and I don't think they want to. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. Um, yeah. One of the now, one of the things I wanted to bring up with you guys because you know I haven't been on for a while, but I've been watching you know obviously watching all the hockey and and you know watching more hockey than ever. While my son in, in just a different situation. So um, it occurs to me as I'm watching the Chicago Blackhawks lose, last, lose a couple nights ago to Vegas. Um, it occurs to me that the Western Conference is terrible. <laughs> it just, it just, as I'm looking at it, I'm like, it's your Well, not fully because Anaheim looks really good. Anaheim looks good, right? But I mean, okay, so Anaheim has had a but they didn't look great. great you know, they look really good now. They look very good, obviously, you know, the, you know over the over the while here, but they're still still gaining. I mean, what is their record at this point? I'm trying to find their record again. Their record is still they're four three and one, right? So yeah, they're remember Vatanen's out and Kessler's out, and they're four three and one. And St. Louis has a ton of injuries too, and Steen's coming. Yeah. Steen's back now, so there's certain players that are coming back. But Chicago, you know, I always think of like them as being the class. And as the year started off, I thought of them as being the class again because they came out with such a dominating effort, you know, against the Penguins and all that stuff. And, and the Kings are there at seven and one, and I don't think the Kings are all that good, you know. So I'll 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 argue that point because I saw them firsthand on on Monday, and this is without Jeff Carter. And you know, first of all, Quick is Quick is one hundred percent. He's playing really well. Dustin Brown, yeah, Dustin Brown playing with Kopitar and Alex I follow. Uh, that's their number one line. So they're sort of spreading out their offense, yeah. you know, and that that's a really effective line. And now they have Kempa playing center on the third line. They're really solid. Their defense is really mobile and really effective. And then the next night after they lost 3-2 to two to the Leafs, they beat Ottawa in Ottawa with Darcy Kemper in goal. So I, I think L.A., I don't know if they're back, but I think they're effective. I think they're I mean, very effective. Listen, I mean, if Dustin Brown continues like this all year, sure, okay. But uh, do you really expect that? I mean, do you really expect well, I mean, he could. I mean, if he's gotten into this kind of shape, I was remarking, Eck, you weren't at the Anaheim game, but Getzlaff has trimmed down to that point when he came back against the Flyers he didn't look like he missed any time at all. Yeah, no, I mean, I was impressed. I mean, I watched that game, and, and I wasn't – yeah, it was just – you're right. I mean, I, he looked way So great. it's possible that Dustin Brown has done the same thing. And I think I – Hell, think, I'm, sho I'm shocked he's done what he's done so far. I mean, I didn't think it was possible. He, he looked, looked, Brown, he looked quick. Anybody could have had Dustin Brown at any point over the last three years for anything. You know, well, like, if you don't want to pay the contract. Just I mean, take the contract. To... You, all you do is take the contract, and he was yours. You know, really yeah. – I mean, that was the reality of Dustin Brown, right? But when I look at who's in the playoffs in the two different conferences, okay, I go through, okay, in 
obviously there's some there are some crazy things still going on. New Jersey's still six and two, which is New Jersey's look and New Jersey's so fast. They're gonna be they're gonna be there all year. I don't know if they you know they feel like a, it feels like if it was if this was the Kentucky Derby, New Jersey is that horse that's running out to the start. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they'll be there till February, March for sure. Right, they're gonna fade away. Columbus looks phenomenal when I watch them play. They just they really look as good as they've looked. Um, Pittsburgh is not looking great and still is a, is playing really well at six three eight one to me. They're only they're playing at like half capacity what they can do, um, which is typical of them in the beginning. All they need to do is make the playoffs. That's the thing. Right, they, they kind of know that, so you get the reality that Pittsburgh is not really they haven't stepped it up. But then Tampa and Toronto are the two maybe the two best teams in the NHL. And you know, looking over the other side, and then beyond that, you know, you still. Have, Teams that are like Ottawa has been phenomenal. And Washington's not even in the playoff race yet. They will be, obviously. So they're they're a really good team. But I just look through this and I'm like, okay, you know. I'll some- tell you what I'm noticing. I, I am noticing this as I see more and more games. I don't want to say teams aren't playing at full speed or full strength, but clearly there are some teams that know they can make the playoffs. And they're, and they're right now they're experimenting. Like obviously the Flyers experimented way too much against Anaheim. Yeah. But there's yeah. a lot of experimenting going on right now. There's a lot of hey, let's look at the youngsters right now. And I think because of that, some teams are dropping some games that they wouldn't right now, but they're not going to in a month. Yeah. No, and I think that that I think that's totally true. And and it's a great point. You know, I think. I mean, we're going to get to the Rangers in a second for sure because I want to talk about them because this is this this to me is like as close to a must-win game that the Rangers have ever had in October in a long time. Like they, tonight, they tonight they come in. I mean, tonight they face off against the Arizona Coyotes, right? Where they the winless Coyotes, winless Coyotes with Derek Stepan, and you know, and yep. this would be this would be very a very like devastating loss if they were to lose this game. I, we talked about this yesterday, Eck, and you weren't here yeah. for it, but I don't know if you saw Jeremy Roenick's comments about Arizona. I thought they were really unfair and and nasty, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I, do. I completely do. I, I completely do. And I, I think that goalie there is getting an unfair ass. A lot of stuff that's happening there, too, in general. Um, there was a lot of stuff that I was really kind of disappointed with. Um, but and I, I think I think the range, you know, as 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 I, you know, I wasn't high on the Rangers beginning of the year, but I definitely think they're better than this, and I think that they'll be, they will rebound here. I don't think that, and I think the, the, the fact of the matter when you listen to the Rangers fans right now, the whole thing of like you know of Lundqvist is over is so ridiculous. To it me. is ridiculous. Now listen, Mark Spector came out with a good stat. He showed that since like 2016-17, Lundqvist's save percentage is about twentieth in the league. And, and so he's definitely dropped, and I'm willing to admit that he's not a top-10 goalie because he's not. But you see, this is it. I'm going I'm to throw this out. Mark Spector, who I love, is a great guy, friend of the show and everything, that, that wonderful man. I've talked to him many occasions. But this is, this is a stat from a guy in the Western Conference who doesn't watch Lundqvist play. No, no, I get it, and that's why I'm tempering it. But you, if you play, when, you, when you play against Lundqvist and you watch Lundqvist play all the time, you realize that his, the, the magic of Lundqvist is not necessarily – the save percentage and the goals against average. Magic Lundqvist is his ability to make great saves at great times, and he's he has. So what you're so what you're saying is he's the Swedish Grant here. Yes, he, he and he, he 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 wins games for the Rangers all the time, and and you know so you can say he's not over the he's the twentieth or whatever. That's ridiculous because of the fact that he's won so many more games than almost every other goalie you put out there. He he said the most important thing the other day, and I don't think people paid enough attention to it. He's actually pretty honest about how he plays. And he talked about how he reads ahead and sort of guesses where the shots are going to go. 
And he is, he has been really good at that. The problem is when you do that, you are definitely leaving yourself to the mercy of the defense to make sure that they clear out the puck. If you make that great save and he'll make that great save, nobody's clearing out the puck now. That's the problem. Yeah, that is the problem. Um, Totally agree with that. Um, so as the Night Rangers, that that's that's just a huge game, and I I, I, I fully. I mean, I think it's a big game for Arizona too. If Rick Tockett comes into Philly winless on Monday, he's yeah. going to yeah. face a massive amount of media for that. You may not well, ever have a game where you have. If you want to talk about game where coaches are on the line tonight, you're looking at the Rangers. The Rangers Arizona. Coaches nightmare game. I don't. I don't. I, I don't know whether anybody's going to be fired this early in the season, but 0-8 and 1, I mean, John Chike has got to be questioning the decision that he made to hire Tockett because there is talent there. There is a defensive uh, base there. I mean, with, with Tockett has – this is – I mean, I Tockett is one of the nicest guys. I love Tockett. He's a really good guy. Um, it, has nothing to, just, it has nothing to do with being a nice guy. This is not a new thing for him. I mean – he was a disaster in Tampa as a coach. Uh, That's what I thought. Remember, I told you I didn't like the signing. Yeah, I mean, as a head coach there, I mean, he is an awesome assistant coach. That's what he is. Just at the end yeah. of the day, you know, as good of an assistant coach in the NHL, I'll take him any day of the week. But it's a totally different dynamic. I mean, Mike and, and I talked about it. The only thing I said he did in Tampa was let Stamkos be Stamkos. That was about it. Yeah, that was the difference, right? And that was it. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's just Which crazy. put him one level ahead of uh, Barry Melrose. Uh, yeah, um, I, I want to talk about the rumor about that I wrote about today about Galchenyuk. Um, two teams that I heard talking to Montreal about Galchenyuk. Um, and For, first, can, can can we can we just address? And I'm not going to address the 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 truthfulness or uh, you know the whether it's a lie or or the truth because we don't know. But Mario Tremblay coming out. Uh, in you know, former former Hab player, former Hab coach, now a member of the media in Montreal, comes out and says that Galchenyuk was in rehab twice. You know, first of all, what a scum bucket! I'm sorry, that that has that has no basis whatsoever of even being talked about. And it really if, does. Even if it's true, um, you know, we you know, Russ, we've known players who've gone into this. In the yeah, middle. absolutely. And, and there's a reason. They keep their names out of the press for something yeah, and, like this. And the media never talks about it. Like the media, no. I mean, the media knows them. There have been players who were very close to, you know, the team that we've seen go through this before. And I'm shocked it doesn't happen more often. And it probably happens more often than we know because. It's called having a little compassion and giving a guy a second or even a third yeah. chance. I mean, yeah. I, mean yeah. I get that it's a hard thing. I mean, when, when you, when you have, if you're going through this, it's a hard thing. Trombley, what he did was awful. It is. It really it's inexcusable, and especially, and, and, you know, the, in Montreal right now, it's like people. I know I've talked to people up there, and it's crazy the clickbait stuff going on with this team right now, and the idea that you're just trying to generate traffic, and that the competition that goes on between the various supporters, it's insane. I mean, it's always insane, but right now it's just when the team's playing bad, they're they're just they're, they're it's like they're they really are, you know. Vampires going, you know, for the slaughter. Like they're going for it. Well, and the, the, and Russ and I talked a little bit about it yesterday. It was it was funny. Mark Bergevin on on Monday after the West Coast trip, when they basically, you know, they they I don't know if they mailed it in, but they were they were not successful on the trip. And yeah. the the media the media asked for him to appear 
uh, and he he declined. He waited until after they won a game, basically to calm calm the wolves. Right. And I'm like, okay, that's that's great for self preservation, but honestly, you have to come up and you have to be accountable for the team that you put together. And honestly, right now, the team that they put together is crap. Now, it may not be crap, but but right now they're playing terrible. They are, you know, they they basically have. They, I think, in my opinion, that they hesitated on two things that didn't hurt them because they they get in retrospect, Markov and Radulov, okay, are two players that they sh that I don't think was bad that they lost them. I, I honestly think that okay, it's fine. I'm not a, I'm not a huge Radulov guy, of course, but and Markov, okay, fine. You wanted too much money, but the issue wasn't that they lost them. The issue was that they wasted time losing them. Like that they they were they, they spent too much energy trying not to lose them that they could have used in other ways. And at that point they lost out on players that they could have had. And they should have just decided right off the bat, they should have gone to Markham and Radulov way ahead of time and said, Listen, tell us one or the other so we can know what we're doing here. But they instead of wasting time on these guys. I, 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 I agree with that somewhat, Eck, but I also I, I disagree in in the one respect. They went out and we can see the way he's playing in Tampa. How how good of a prospect, and it, it was pretty pretty universal that everybody thought Sergachev was a great prospect, yeah. and they traded him for and wait, wait and they traded him for a very good player in Durant, who I like, who I think is talented, but you trade for a guy and then you move him out of position. He's been a winger his entire NHL career, and there's a reason for that. And now they have him at center, and so far it's not been a great experiment to have him play at center. I think you get it. I think you give it time. Durant could turn out to be a really good top line center. But but the problem is right now with Montreal, like you're doing that as your first. You know, like you're what you're saying is true in the fact that you don't have the ability to sit there and let Durant develop into a first line center over the next year. Like right now, you can't do it. So right. you, you know, and I mean, I think I think I think the trade is perfectly even for both teams. I think it was a good trade for both teams. I think that they both. Well, it's not even at the moment, but I get what you're moment, saying. But you know, I think Durant is. I mean. They got their top line center. They got a top line center. I mean, you can't really argue when you get a top line center. If you if you if, if you he, look, at, he's the top line center. That's still it. And he might right. If you if he can be right. So if if you look if you look at it from the point of a team that needed offense traded defense for offense. Yes, the deal made sense. But the problem was that the gaping hole up the middle for Montreal, which has been there for more than a few years, with Placanitz, you know, becoming decrepit and old. Um, you know, Drouin is not, you know, it, it's one thing if you can experiment with it, but with Montreal, they're throwing him into the fire and saying, you're the number one guy. And that's not fair to Drouin. I really don't think it's fair to him. Well, I don't think he looks at it as being unfair. I don't think that's an issue because he's a kid that's up for challenges. Like, I'm not, I don't worry about what's fair. I just say the bad thing about having to trade Sergachev is he's getting – a ton of points in Tampa because of the way they play. This is also an indictment on on Montreal because he wasn't doing that in Montreal. It's not like it's not like Sergachev got that much better in in the week that he got traded from one team to the other. Well, but it's, it, it's also the way they play. It's make it's making Montreal look really bad, Russ, because when yeah. he's got four goals, and I don't know, I'm not looking at the stats right now, but I think I don't. I think he might be the second like the second leading goal scorer on the Canadians. If he if he was on there, that's pretty bad. No, I mean that that's very true, and I think it is temporarily one sided, right? But I think that yes. at the end of the day, I still think that it's a trade that you can't 
we can't criticize yet. No, not yet. Um, you know, it, it's getting there. I mean, it's getting the way. I mean, the real issue with Montreal is there's two there's two problems with Montreal really that I see as as a you know partial Canadians fan that I am here. Um, one is is Pacioretty. I mean, that's like I mean, number one to me is Pacioretty. I mean, he's got two goals and no assists. Yeah. I mean, at least Jared's got seven points in nine games. Pacioretty's got nothing. Got two right. no assists. How does Pacioretty have no assists? Like, you know, I mean, like, a player like that. That's absurd. He's tied with points with Andrew Shaw. You know, like things like that. They're just it doesn't make any sense. And you know, you he needs to be. And you know, and there you've got Galchenyuk also with two goals and also no assists. So I mean, talk talk about it's like how do you win games when Galchenyuk and Pacioretty don't have don't have assists? Well, because Gal because Galchenyuk is on the fourth line, and that's you know again Claude Julien comes in. Last, I think it was March, last March or February, and he, he he has Galchenyuk at center, and he moves him from center to the wing after two periods, and then at the, in the playoffs he was playing on the fourth line. Something's wrong there. Something's got to be done. If it's if he needs to change the scenery, they should do it. But of course, Bergevin comes out in this press conference yesterday, and he basically says, "Well, I'm not going to make a trade where I'm getting pennies on the dollar." Well, okay, great. Then watch your team go down in flames. Right now, they're going down in flames. Did we lose Zach? I think we may have lost him. Uh, his picture's still there. He may have his. He may have just had to mute himself. Yeah. Well. They've got a problem. I mean, there's no question about it, and we'll see. I mean, right now, they should not get Shippershev. That's not going to cure their problem. No, no, that that would. I mean, only if only if they're able to jettison. It. If they could do Plakanitz for Shippershev, they should do that. Because I mean, the thing is, Plakanitz's contract is up at the end of this year, and Shippershev is an extra year. But if you think he's good and you think he fits better with what you're doing, then uh, then uh, than uh, than uh, Placanets, then you should go ahead and do the deal. Um, yeah, there is there is a little bit of breaking news. I'm just double checking it. Go ahead. A second. Um, oh, Eck just message and he told us to keep going. He, I don't think he can get back in. Okay, so after oh, he, after, his computer died. He's going to try and get back. Um, so there's no updates on Flurry on Mark Andre Flurry, and we believe that there's a chance that that he is going to go on LTIR. Wow, well, and it was concussion related too. So it's concussion related. Well, th I mean, this is how this is how desperate the situation is with, with goaltending with when it comes to Vegas. I mean, we know that Oscar Dansk is is right now the starter. Uh, Maxim yeah. Legacy is the number two. They had they had to, and I don't know if it was the Leafs that initiated this or if, if it was Vegas that contacted the Leafs, but uh, we know that they're sharing a minor league team in Chicago with the, with the Blues. Yeah. They, the Leafs had three goaltenders. They sent Casimir Cascasuo to Chicago, to the Chicago Wolves, to take the place of Oscar Dansk and Legacy because they're playing for the for the Golden Knights. Yeah. So I mean, now I, the funny thing was that a couple of days ago I heard Flurry was close to being back. So if he if all of a sudden he's being put on LTIR, that means that he's having some sort of, you know, concussion issues. I mean, he that must are be the coach says there's no update. That's not a good thing. He was supposed to be skating around now. Yeah. Sorry about that. 
I had the great oh, I think you're cute. I thought my laptop was plugged in and it said 15% power and I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then I just ended up dead all of a sudden. I apologize. Um, my one last thought of Montreal that I wanted to throw out there was this. Um, this is my, and this is kind of my crazy number of the day. And th this really shocked me. They have 21 assists on their That's not a lot. 21 assists for the year? Oh my God. Wow, you know I mean? that's not good. I mean, think oh, about that number. 21 assists on the entire team. So, when you know, averagely, on an average, a goal you know, is like 1.5 assists per goal or whatever in the NHL. You know, that's like, you know, teams have teams have 32 goals, like the Penguins have 32 goals. Mm -hmm. um, Toronto's got 40 goals. Montreal's 21 assists. <laughs> a lot of unassisted goals. Not even, that means that anything they're getting, they're getting from people effort and they're not playing as a team at all it's a lot of unassisted goals it's a it's lot of unassisted, unassisted goals, goals. And, and i and, and you, know, you have to start right away with the, you know obviously patrick and, and and galchenyuk not having any assists i mean that was just thing about the flyers crazy thing with the flyers is you know, at the top of their points with no goals and 12 assists right I'd well, rather, well stamkos has a million assists too he's got like 20. I know he's on pace for like 160 points. So I think he set a record for the amount of assists he has. Yeah. Yeah, but but it, come on, his return wasn't going to mean much, right? I mean, the you know, if we I, know I, Tampa. I'm, I'm the first to say that I am shocked at how. <laughs> I mean, he is he's not played like this for a while, and this is like incredible. And and you know, and my article, my blog for tomorrow, which I've been working on a little bit today, is our Stamkos and of the best you know one two right now it's obvious they are but are they are they really the best one two in the league like, you know when you talk about one twos right now which is a lot well i mean they're, they're one twos i mean if you're talking about one twos that play together because kane and taves they never play together they're on right. two separate no, no, lines one twos on teams you know because the because every every team seems the need to have this now like this is the thing you have to have two sure. stars you can't just have one it's like crosby and malkin Right. You know, it's Taze and Kings. You know, it's always you always have the two players like that. Not every team has that though. Not every team has it, but the teams that have had success have generally had it, and the teams are looking for it, right? So that's 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 the crazy thing. I mean, they are just without. You know, I want to talk about the Flyers for a second too before we um, get out of here today, and because they, the goaltending situation in Philadelphia needs to be discussed. I'm I'm sure you guys have discussed it, but um, I don't oh, know how much you got into the last couple of days. Well, only only to reiterate my my ongoing opinion of Brian Elliott being, you know, a number two goalie who consist consistently gets number one chances. Well, you know, and uh, and I I've not totally agreed with you, but I think you were right on this one. Um, at least as of now, the thing about the Elliott that's bothering me because watching him on a consistent basis now, what is really getting to me is the fact that he just doesn't. He just he's, his his style is is very is always unorthodox. I'm fine with unorthodox, but his style is just bizarre. Um, in terms of the fact that he's giving up goals that just shouldn't happen, you know, like you should be able to cover things like this. It's crazy. You know, but here, here here's I'll give you the devil's advocate on it. I don't disagree with you, but in the Anaheim game, he played great for five minutes, and his team didn't do anything to help him. And no, that that's defense true. was awful on that game. But what is their aversion to Neuberth right now? Is my question. Like, are they? It, it is interesting because. When you get down to it, and I haven't been down there because because my I don't think yeah I don't think there's an aversion, but uh, I knew there was a chance he wasn't going to play even after that really good game, and I think to be honest, he probably has been the better goalie, but I think because they've invested now in Elliott, 
they're giving him a little bit more chance because they're more invested in Elliott than they are in Neuvert monetarily. They are, but I, as Neuvert, I guess, would be going tonight, I would have to imagine. Right? I would think he is. I mean, I, I haven't heard the exact specific thing, but, you know, this is um, – oh, Actually, he is. I saw yesterday. He is. But now, you know, when Neuvert has played, he's played three games. He's got like a 1.6 goals against average and a 960 save percentage, and he's won only one of the three games. His team's been shut out twice in games he's played. You know, it's the crazy difference between the, you know, the goal production that is coming, you know, in Elliott's in goal versus Neuwirth is, is nuts. So it's one of those situations where he deserves a chance. I mean, he deserves a chance to take it. I get what you're saying, that you've made this investment, and you don't want to hurt Neuwirth, which is the issue always, right? You're going to get Neuwirth hurt if you play him too much. Right. But at least I think, I think you're at least in a 50-50 spot right now. You know, it feels like, it feels like you're there right now. Yeah. But right, right now we're not there yet. We're, we haven't seen We're not seen there. Him. I mean, right now... I mean, look, they're not even there with defense. I mean, their defense is unsettled now because of injuries. So I think well, goaltending and defense for a while, Flyers fans are going to have to just hang in there. I think, unfortunately, I think Dave Haxtell is going to be under the gun. And really, and a lot of people are really going to question what he's doing. And it's, you know, I, I get why they question. And I also think what he's doing is hard right now. Well, it's too okay. If it's it's too early to make any kind of like set decisions or evaluations on players. Um, I mean, my my opinion of Elliot it goes back years and years with with St. Louis and Calgary last year. Um, with Scott Darling, I'm I'm here to to take in the uh, Carolina Toronto game tonight. I right. mean, you're obviously going to give them give him a lot of rope because they signed him to a long term contract, making over four million bucks. But so far, two, three, and one, two point six four goals against, save percentage under nine hundred. This is the question. It was like the, with him, it was, is he the next Cam Talbot? I mean, that might just be like you know, a once in a blue moon type of situation. I mean, he he had a good year playing a lot more minutes, playing a lot more games than he had to normally because of Corey Crawford's injury, but. I, I watched him play against Tampa, and he at times looked really bad. Now, I'll see him tonight, and we'll see, but I'm still skeptical whether he's the number one goaltender or not. I am too. Um, again, I was skeptical with Talbot until about midway last year, and then I said, okay, you know what? He's sort of proven it to me, but then again, this year he's not proved it to me. And this is what happens when you have these 1-1-A guys, and, and – and Darling and Talbot were 1A guys. Even Bishop was a 1A guy in my book for a long time, and then he became a 1, and I guess he stayed a 1. But most of these guys, if you think about it, they don't stay 1s. A lot of times they slip back into that 1A category. Yeah, I, they, they do. And, and it's really hard to be just a solid 1 goalie. Like, it, it is. It's, I mean, it's, it's, and it's becoming harder. It's almost like yeah. the NFL where you 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 want to have that main quarterback, but now everybody's sort of gearing up with a backup because of injuries and everything else. And, and in the NHL, they're, they're doing a little bit more of that than they used to as far as yeah. saying who their number one is. They, they seem to like to have as many guys in there as possible, even right. if they have a favorite. You're right. And, um, you know, and teams that have number ones, you know, for long periods of time, those fan bases, you know, I've seen, you know, talking, they have no idea how, how lucky they are. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, look at Yaroslav Halak. He was, he was a zero last year, and now it looks like he's the number one. Yeah, and, and that, you know, was oddly predictable because Halak has had that history of, uh, you know, Halak is, is definitely a goalie that when you count him out, he plays his best out. Something about that. It's like one of these yeah. things that, you know, Tim Thomas was the same. Like, and that, 
put Halak, you know, you send him the mind and you say he's not your starter anymore, he's going to start. You give him the starting job and say, we have all the faith in the world with you and he's going to struggle. So it's like he's, Halak, you know, they've actually handled him oddly well right now to get to where they want to get to, whether or not that, you know, continues or not. Now, there is kind of a big story breaking right now, too, that um, from Forbes that um, is saying that Chuck Greenberg is out as a buyer of the Carolina Hurricanes, which is going, which is the team that Mike's watching. Uh-oh. If that's, okay. that's bad, bad news. Get the Videotron Center ready. Get it primed. Because, I, I mean, one of the things that I noticed watching that Tampa-Carolina game, again, it was a Tuesday night. There were a lot of people dressed up for Halloween early as red seats because there was, like, really in the lower bowl, there was no, there was hardly anybody there. And, I mean, honestly, how – I mean, I understand the, the NHL's want to stay in – you know, cities where they you know, they won Stanley Cups, but the lack of support in Carolina lately, with a team that's you know sort of building slowly, it's really. I mean, if they go to if they go to Quebec, they go to Houston, who apparently the owner of the NBA Rockets wants to buy an NHL team. Yeah, you know, they're gonna sell out, or especially in bigger municipalities or yeah. Canadian markets where hockey is a religion. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I just. I really worry about this situation right now. I think this is the first time. I think the NHL was 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 really hanging their eggs in that basket. I really feel like and we see attendance problems. Like all the things are there. We know that. Yeah. Um, well, is is boot is Boots Del Biagio ready? <laughs> We're know. not going there yet. Um, Eck, I did want to ask you since you weren't on the other day. Uh, yeah. I did look at Mason. By the way, Mason's doing horrible to finish the goaltending situation off. He may have lost his job right now. UC Soros, Mike and I talked about this on a show you weren't on. He got yeah. an 854 save percentage. Are you willing to say now that, that Stanley Cup affected him? I think I do think playing in the Stanley Cup final affected him um, in a bad way. He's still very young, so he still has a chance to recover from this. But I think in general, I will say this too. The Predators are playing at half speed as well. They are definitely – when I when you watch them play, they're really not – they're losing games. They've lost a lot of games over time. But Laviolette's getting very upset with them. I can see it. Oh yeah, yeah. This is not like Laviolette is not okay. This, this, this is this is Laviolette's path too. Because if you you know they burned out last year playing so hard to get to where they got to. Right. And you know they need those players mentally need to play this way probably for a couple months. Um, the question is, can they stay in the race if they do that? You know, that's a big, that's a big thing. But Laviolette will not allow that to happen. So we're going to have a lot of yeah. This is a definition of a Stanley Cup hangover, really. I mean, they're, you know, I, it really is. It is, and especially, and also the definition of you know when you play like the way they had to play to get to where they got to in the Stanley Cup was, you know, balls out to the wall. You know, it was just it was nuts. They had they 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 could not. This is not a team that could ever win a game. You know, without doing that. So. And all the injuries and everything that it, it's tough. I mean, Azaris right now is, but you know, Rene hasn't looked all that awesome either. Um, I think I think their defense is just they're 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 not playing solid team defense. They're giving up a lot of pucks. They're making a lot of mistakes. Well, I mean, the the absence of Ellis, I'm I am sure you know replacing Ellis, yeah, yeah, with Emelin, that's that's not a good replacement. He's actually been all right, oddly enough. Like in my opinion, at least watching him, he's been okay. I mean, he's not he's not he's not as good as Ellis, obviously, but he's also not he's also serviceable. Sure. Uh, Subban's made a lot of mistakes. Um, I feel like Subban's given up like a ton. Um, I you know I think Ekholm's played pretty well. I've even seen Roman Yosi giving up the puck. You know, like there's like there's a definite 
struggle going on there. Um, and, you know, all you can say is this, this, it does feel like a Stanley Cup hangover or, or the hangover from having to play such a, such a you know, intense playoffs and everything like that to get yeah, I think I think there's something to that. But I also think they're going to have a problem if, if Rene, when they're looking for the day off, yeah. if, they're, if it's just an, a lost game putting Soros in, that means Soros is going to play like seven, eight games this year. That's it. Yeah, and then well, they need him to do what he did last year, which was he helped them get into the playoffs. He played really well for them. Yeah. If he didn't do that this year. That's a problem. Well, they still they still have Merrick they still have Merrick Mazanic and they still have uh, here's yeah. the big goaltender that they used to, that they brought back. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a temporary thing. The guy used to play in Tampa. I know. But yes. um, uh, you know, I was really impressed with the other night was Kevin Bieksa. He's out now, unfortunately. He's Bieksa, yeah, he played great against the Flyers. He really looked like you know, you know, when you don't watch this team play all that often, but all I hear about Kevin BX all the time is, oh, you know, he's he's not he's lost the step, he's not he's not the same player, he's not he's not, you know, he's not what he was. Yeah, he was a monster in that game. Like he looked just like like Pronger esque, you know what I mean? He has he this like, he's, he basically said after the game that he felt like he had finally put it all together with these yeah. guys this year and that's and, and we were seeing that. Now it was funny the way he knocked out Gudis and Everybody's calling it a Superman punch, like Roman Reigns from the WWE. But, <laughs> but it, it was funny. Like I kept saying, that was like a Glass Joe shot, act because yeah. it was like Bull Bull hitting them, and he just went down. Come on, come yeah. on. Yeah, no, he hit. He hit really hard. Um, that's for sure. Um, the um, the coach of the Devils has confirmed that that Hishier and um, Brat are staying with the Devils. Um, I had a feeling that they didn't want to commit and. We do have Paul Castron coming on this week on Sirius XM, and he wouldn't say whether Brat was staying or not, but I had a feeling. Yeah, so that's going to be uh, – that's that's good for them. I think, you know, the Flyers – have the Flyers confirmed that uh, he's staying or not? They haven't confirmed. Yeah. But it does look like he's got a chance to play tonight after what happened the other day, so that's good. That'll be good because that looked pretty bad, actually. Um, all right, so uh, finally, just to, I don't know how much you talked about my blog yesterday, but I do want to discuss with you briefly at least the, um, the concept of Connor McDavid and will he will he draw have a heavier salary than salary than um, I mean will, will Austin Matthews get a get a bigger salary than Connor McDavid? No, the answer is no. No, he will not. But it, but I don't think him taking less will have anything to do with bringing another player to Toronto. Unless it's a defenseman, John Tavares is not going to be an athlete. Right. Yeah. I mean, are Tavares, you writing that in? You're etching that in stone now, Mike. Right in, right into the bricks, right here. Okay. Because like yeah, I, mean, I can't say that that's not going to happen. So yeah, I can't say it either. And I talked to somebody up there who really I expected to shoot this down immediately. Like I expected this, this, this per certain person who is very familiar with John Tavares mm -hmm. up there to shoot down. And he actually said. Yeah, possible, you know, like, and it was, it was just that was, just, you know, off the record. It, you know, it's possible. All, I, all I know is this: if they, if they, if they sign John Tavares as a free agent, then they're probably trading Nazem Kadri and one of the other two, either Nylander or Marner, because they can't afford. Right, to sign and they Tavares. Be willing to do that. Like, but yeah, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, as much as I like Nazem Kadri, it's done really well for them. I mean. Oh, they, I mean, they could, they could, they could trade Nazem Kadri. I mean, that's not a, that wouldn't be a problem, and they would get good value for him because his contract is very reasonable, and yeah. he's had, you know, he's having 
he had a good year last year and setting a good year this year. But I think the bigger hang-up would be trading one of Marner or Neander. I don't think that the organization wants to do that. In spite of the fact that Marner is playing on the fourth line now, I think that's just motivational stuff by Mike Babcock. I, I just I, I don't see it. Would I would I as somebody who's an observer of the Leafs would I enjoy it? Obviously, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, there's a better chance he goes to the Rangers than there is to the Leafs. I I used to think that. I don't know if I think that anymore. Yeah. Everybody I talk to say that he's it's the Islanders or the or the, or the Leafs. That's that's it for him. And I think that that's. I don't know. I mean, the Leafs are an attractive team to play for, obviously, right now. And I mean, here, here's the quick update on, on the Belmont situation. So the, the arena would be built right near the, the train track. The problem is that LIRR train track only runs when they have races. So now it's a part-time train track. So now that's going to take extra funding because it's not part of the normal route. Yeah, they're going to have to have right. things on now. So this is, again, there, there are other built-in issues into this deal that you don't know. It would be wonderful, however, if the Islanders played on the island and had a way to get there by train. I'll throw that out there. Yes. Oh, no, no. Listen, if that became an everyday train route, I mean, some people complain because it you know, extends your, your thing a little bit, but would it help attendance? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. No, that, would, that would really help attendance. Uh, I mean, that's just, that's just nuts. I mean, the, the hardest thing about getting an action Coliseum was you couldn't get a train there ever. You know? Yeah. Taking a train there was such a con convoluted thing. Yeah, you, you wouldn't even do it because you had to take it a town <laughs> over and walk back. Find a bus or something that could take you from one. I mean, I tried one time to public transportation it, and it was just because I, because that was how much, how much I hate the Long Island Expressway, and it was just, it was ridiculous. You and can't it, do it. You couldn't no one, do it. I mean, I'm, I'm not like a fan, but it kept me from going to a couple Islanders games because I'm like, this is just crazy. I can't do that. Yeah. That's just nuts. Um, all right. Well, um, tonight's, tonight's games are on top there. Mike is, of course, ready to go in Toronto. Tonight, what do we have? We have um, – We talked Rangers, Coyotes. We talked about the Leafs in Carolina. Yep, yep, yep. And I, for some reason, I don't have 26 stuff. Hold on. I'll, I'll pull it up. Yeah, I got it. Right. So, yeah, this is a full set. I hate, I hate this Monday, Wednesday, like two games thing, and then all these. <laughs> Can't stand it. Like I really, really don't. I really wish we would have like some kind of. I, I think it was more because they don't want to compete against the World Series. I mean, yeah. they had a lot of. They, it does you know, have to do with that. But it is a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday week. You know, that's what it is. Most yeah, of the Sharks, time, yeah. Bruins. I mean, Sharks, Bruins. The Sharks are definitely playing way better on the road than they were at home. Yeah. Which, which is an interesting situation. It almost seemed like and Kevin Kurz kind of clued me into this heck, when I saw a report on him. Yeah. And he felt like it was going to be good for the team to get away. And they're, they're doing great. So, uh, yeah, away. Yeah. So, you kind of wonder what's oh. happening with them at home. Uh, Jets, Penguins. Uh, I'd be shocked if the Jets win that one. Let's face it. Yeah, I mean, Steve Mason has a pretty good record against the Penguins, yeah. um, throwing out there, but... Kings-Canadians is a tough one. That's a Kings tough Canadian, one for Montreal yeah. at home. And by, by, the, by the way, just, just to finish out the show, um, Hockey Canada released the 26-man roster for something called the Karjala Cup, which I've never heard of before, but it's being used as a precursor for the, for the Olympics, as an evaluation yeah. tournament for the, the Olympics. And Team Canada's team, uh, it's Ben Scrivens and Justin Peters in goal. There are, there are uh, you know, four ex-Leafs, Mason Raymond, Brandon Cozen, Matt Fratton, 
and Jesse Blacker. It's not exactly the 79 Canadians. No, you knew that, though. Interesting with the Flyers-Sens game tonight because obviously Giroud goes home. That's always a distraction. And Konechny maybe played his worst game as a Flyer the other night. Yeah. He's going back to an area where he's been a star. So it's hard. It's it, Either they're going to do great or they're going to be distracted. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's a really tough one to predict. Um, you know, And I will say I, I, my gut my set of the night is Montreal will beat LA because it's just one of those things that happens. I don't know why it is. I'm throwing it out there. Get your house on this, people. I'm telling you. I'm not going to your house. <laughs> there, there, there is a feeling. I just got that strong upset feeling out of that one. We'll find uh, out. Got Red Wings lightning. I mean, Red Wings have played better lately, but now that this is a pretty big test for them. They always play Tampa tough. That's like they a game. They always play Tampa tough. Um, I will give you my lock of the night. My lock of the yeah. night is Anaheim over Florida, even though it's in yeah. Florida. Yeah, it's it's third game in four nights for LA, so maybe maybe there's a possibility. But if it's based on if it's based on talent, I'll go LA. And Montreal finally got a little. But Mike, what do you think about my lock of the night? The Ducks over the Panthers at home. I'm a big Ducks fan, so I'll go with it. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think Edmonton will beat Dallas as well. If they're out there, um, it's another tough one because Edmonton is just obviously they good. need to beat Dallas. They really they need do. To beat Dallas. Um, Although so we didn't talk about the Ben Bishop thing, we talked about it yesterday. Did you see that Eck where Ben Bishop basically was taken out of the game by Hitchcock? Yeah. yeah. But Hitchcock was funny about it in the post game. Like he said the word slow like four or five times. Like he was playing mind games. He was. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, Hitch, Hitch will do that. You know, he Hitch is the the Dallas Stars won't. We won't know what they have for another month. Right. Because Hitch is going to play around with them and and. Because he thinks the the plays are good enough to make the playoffs, and I think he's going to sit there and and yeah, he wants to get more out of everybody. That's his right. thing. He's going to toy with them for a while until you really see what they're doing, like as far yeah. as their minds go. Which I don't blame him. You know what? The one thing you say about Ken Hitchcock is he expects the same thing out of a fourth liner that he does out of his stars, and yeah. he's pushing everybody right now. Yeah, he is, and they're going to hate him for a while, and it's going to you know it's typical it's typical Ken Hitchcock stuff. Islanders um, Wild is an interesting game. That is a good game, and, and the Islanders are playing well. So now we know Zach Parisi is out now with a back surgery. Like this, if you ask me, yeah. I'm not sure he'll ever be the same again. It feels like that, you know. It feels it like does feel that way. every time he comes back, he, you know, you feel bad. The guy tries really hard to get back, and he has a couple of really good games. Well, Simone well, like Gagne in Philly for a while there, where he would just would get back, you know, he would, he would get he would play really well, and just when he started to play really well again, he would get hurt seriously. Well, in a, in a way, that's the one saving grace for Minnesota for that contract. Because remember, wasn't that one of those 14-year, $7.8 million deals? I mean, if he's injured, you know, if he's injured later on in his career and he can't play, then, you know, that just goes the long-term injury. That's, I think Luke Cunning is his replacement, though. I do. I think they're lucky in that regard that they have a kid like that that they could possibly put in there. Um, at, we, we've talked a lot about the Canucks, especially Mike, and the Canucks are at home now against Washington. If Anders Nielsen's in there, man, you can't stop him. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't stop the Canucks. You can only hope to contain them, right? It's crazy. The Canucks are the Canucks are a fun team right now. They're you know like New Jersey. They're just a fun team to watch, and for the time being, you know, they're they're flying. I mean, but when you look at the teams that are making the playoffs right now in the West, it's just insane insanity. You know, it really is. I'm favoring the Canucks in that game. I'm not saying they're a lock, but I'm favoring them. Yeah, you're doing that just to spite me, right? We will see. We will see. I. No. If I was just like you, Mike, I would bring up Joe Girardi leaving the Yankees flat, but I wouldn't. But I'm not doing that. It was actually the ice, the other way around. The Yankees. I don't think it was. I think that's what they're reporting. Yeah. I don't believe that. Oh, okay. We'll see. All right. Well, 
Uh, thanks See so much you. for watching, guys. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Remember, you can go to hockey, to patreon.com slash hockey and support the show. We really would appreciate that if you, some of you are doing that. And every days we get something out there, and it's, it's really, really helpful. So patreon.com slash hockey. Um, even just a couple bucks, we really, would, we really would appreciate it. Um, enjoy the games tonight. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow.